There have been a lot of storylines around the World of Outlaws Sprint Cart Series this season. If you watch uh, Dirt Tracker Daily and, or listen to Dirt Tracker Daily, you've heard me talk about the points battle a lot. Uh, we've talked Jacob Allen, Sheldon Hoddenshield, all kinds of things happening around the World of Outlaws Sprint Cart Series this year. They are headed to Houston Speedway in South Dakota this weekend for four big nights, culminating in the Saturday show that pays $100,000 to win. Uh, I wanted to t- kind of dive into the season, so I got on with Chase Rodman. Uh, if you watch Dirt Vision, if you've uh, been to a racetrack, you've probably seen or heard him. Him, uh, on the pit reporting mic, uh, big tall man interviews drivers. Uh, Chase joins me for about half an hour, and we cover a lot of these things. We talk about the points battle. We talk about Brad Sweet, Carson Macedo, David Gravel, uh, what's happening with Jacob Allen, and all the kind of things that uh, are making the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series season what it is right now. So please enjoy the next 30 minutes with this Dirt Tracker conversation with Chase Rodman. Chase, are you the tallest man in dirt racing? Um, I think it's close. Uh, I think there's a couple guys that are very, very close to me or possibly taller. Um, Austin McCarl is one of them. Um, Alan Crimes is one of them. Danny okay, I, d- I, d- I didn't know that one. Okay. Yeah, Dietrich's also tall. Uh, but on the Outlaw Tour, for sure, the tallest guy. No doubt. What is the official measurement it was on my Twitter uh, bio for a long time because so many people were asking me. Yeah, uh, I, I put out a video actually of all the tweets. I made like a whole collage of them. There was like 96 tweets in, in one video. Uh, but six foot five is the um, uh, official measurement the last time I was at the doctor. So is, is this shoes on or shoes off? That's what shoes on. Okay. I think. Okay. The official I, I, me- on so it's a it's a key distinction whether it's shoes on or shoes off now obviously you play with shoes on so you should be measured right. with shoes on uh, i wanted to have you on the show obviously you are on the road full-time with the world of outlaws sprint car series have been for a couple of years now um right off the bat the kind of back and forth that you have going on right now with johnny i feel like has added so much to the dirt vision broadcast and i don't know if that's just kind of popped up organically or what it is but I feel like that's a big thing that we're kind of missing overall in dirt racing is just like some more storytelling and like those chances, like during track work that you guys get to actually just kind of go back and forth, I think has really added something to the broadcast. And I'm wondering like where that came from this year. Um, well, I think we, did we do it last year too? Yeah, we did it last year too, but like, I don't know whose idea that was to start doing that. Um, I, it might've, might've been Johnny's. I'm not really sure. Cause I think the very first race that I did, uh, two years ago, we, uh, did that as well. And I think Johnny must, must like doing it or whatever. Um, but you're not the first person that said that about, you know, my, you know, him and I going back and forth, talking about it before the main event usually is when we do that or track prep, like you said, but, um, a lot of people have said, it seems like it's very natural and it feels natural, at least to me. So I'm hoping that is the case when everybody's watching at home. So, um, I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, you know, Johnny, I think there's like, it's a, kind of an interesting combination obviously johnny is like very serious you know by the rules um doesn't like to really mess around when it comes to the broadcast and i think i kind of am able to offset that a little bit with a little bit of humor here and there whether that's driving around a push truck or sitting in a canoe or whatever um and i think it's a good uh combo between the two of us and it seems like people at home uh, are liking it as well 
I find it a little strange talking to you kind of in this format because me and you have been going back and forth for at least a few years now, but your time at World Racing Group kind of started like right as mine was ending. But I, I feel like I know you because you work with all the same people I used to work with. And obviously me and you've had back and forth before, but give me an idea of just like what it's been like to kind of do this for a couple of seasons now, like, you know, you started, I think sometime in 2020, like doing some of the iRacing stuff with, you know, when we were kind of in the middle of the pandemic, then you get this opportunity to go on the road. Was this something you were like shooting for? Was this something you wanted? Was this something you had thought about? Like, I know you've raced, um, but like, was, was this kind of where you were thinking? Um, not really. Uh, when I was racing, I wanted to be a racer, uh, but then I realized I wasn't very good. And so, Instead of continuing racing and wasting everybody's money and time, I decided it was uh, better to uh, go go a different path. And then after that, I was kind of doing, um, you know, some social media stuff for some different tracks around Northern California. And then, you know, then I kind of, you know, sprung on me like, hey, you want to announce this race or whatever? That's a different story. But um, and then so I started announcing races, whatever. And then for a while I was just announcing races and traveling around with Kyler Shaw and fast four media for a long time. And I didn't really think anything of it past that. Like I was like, Oh, this could be a career or something. It was just like me, you know, in college still, like kind of when I had, when I had a free weekend or whatever, I would go and uh, travel with him and go, we went to a bunch of places. The first year I announced like Idaho and Montana and Washington and Oregon all over the place. And we drove to all the races. Um, and then after a while, um, you know, I was like, man, maybe like I could, you know, make something out of this. And then I got hooked up with Tim Truex, who, as you know, used to be loud pedal now works with flow. And he got me hooked up with USAC on the West coast and started doing that for a long time. And just felt like, I mean, I did that for like three or four years and I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I was just doing the same thing, driving five, six, seven hours a weekend to literally lose money. Um, I wasn't making any money. I was just doing it to try and get somewhere else. And then, you know, everybody, you know, then, you know, COVID came around and the iRacing thing happened and, and they used me with, with Johnny for that. And then, uh, you know, then that night at Terre Haute, when I made my debut or whatever, it was kind of a last minute thing. I just texted Dunlap out of nowhere. And I was just like, Hey man, like uh, I'm in the area. I was doing a micro race with Kyler out there um, at Circus City Speedway. And then Terre Haute was like a three hour drive. And um, I see he's like, Hey, yeah, we might as well give it a shot. Because at that time, um, obviously the schedule was weird. It was like Friday and Saturday only with the outlaws. And they were, it seemed like every time I watched, they had a different pit report and nobody that was like stuck on there. Um, at all times. And so he's like, yeah, you know, might as well give it a shot. So I called up Max Adams who had just moved to Indiana. I hopped in the car with him. We went to Terre Haute. It was on a Sunday, I think. And I did it and, and it went well. And now at the, I guess at this point, I guess uh, this is what I want to be doing. Um, you know, I'm having fun doing it. It's just like any other job though. I mean, some days are better than others. You know, we do a lot of traveling obviously. Um, and there's some days when you race four or five times in a row and you're just like, man, like this is a lot, but in the end, I think it, um, you know, it all works out and I'm, I'm having fun doing it. So we'll see what happens here, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I will definitely move on and talk about more about lost stuff, but I, I do want to ask about your dad because you had tweeted it like not long ago about you. It was a photo of your dad in victory lane and, and your dad raced at a time where I was kind of growing up in the Northwest and, and I was aware, you know, I, I was following Kevin Hamlin at the time who was running Northwest tour. Your dad was down running Southwest tour. So why, like, why did you go dirt versus like, you know, you're like dad, you, I'm sure you grew up going to the racetrack with him. Like why not pavement versus dirt? 
Um, well, for a long time, that was all I knew was pavement. Cause I, like you said, I grew up going to the races and I don't really remember, um, a lot of his wins and whatever. Like, so, well, the one picture I posted the LA street race, I was like maybe four. I don't really know. Um, but that was kind of his glory years, I guess, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 01, 01, he won the championship, but I don't, I was seven or eight years old. So I don't remember a whole lot of it, but then for a long time, like I never raced my mom, I think didn't want me to race. And then my dad and her split up and then he got back together with somebody else. And then after a while, I was like, you know, I kind of want to try and race. And so when I started racing, it was on dirt at, um, the Red Bluff Outlaws in Northern California, where a lot of guys have come from, a lot of big names have, have made their way through there. And I started racing in the, the box stock class or whatever. And, you know, didn't really have a ton of success. You know, there was like, there was like two weekends in a row where I was leading the main event and spun out all by myself. And then I, and I went up to the two class and had a couple of good runs. Like I was running with like, like Logan CV and Tyler CV and, you know, all these like guys that are, I mean, there's a couple more, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but like a bunch of guys that are like big time with USAC or, you know, the all-stars or whoever, you know, might be, but, um, and, uh, realized I wasn't very good. Um, but then after I started racing on dirt and I started going to Chico silver dollar and going to the sprint car races with all my, my new friends from the dirt track, I was like, man, like this is way more fun. I don't have to wake up at 8am every day to, practice for six hours and then watch and then watch a race, right? Like a race that's super long. Um, I could just show up at six 30 and watch for three hours and, and watch a, probably a better race. Um, and so that's kind of how I got more into the dirt thing. Um, I still respect pavement and I like going to when, when my dad was still racing, I like to go watch him and cheer for him and what all, you know, all that stuff. But the dirt stuff, is just so much more exciting to me compared to the pavement thing, really. Uh, we are at this point uh, right before Houston's uh, four nights at Houston's because of the rain out here uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, 28 races into the season, uh, we have like nobody separating themselves in terms of the points. Things are super tight in the top five right now. Uh, give me just kind of your general thoughts, opinions right now from a kind of a pulled back view of just what we've seen so far this season with the world. Um, I think it, I mean, the first, I feel like 15 races or so it was like, I mean, it seemed like almost every race was like, you had to watch it. Right. I mean, it was like must see TV and we had a couple of a string of races where the, the track wasn't quite up to par for good racing with wing sprint cars. But um, I mean, the racing this year has been incredible. And I think next year it's going to be even crazier with a couple of guys moving over from the all-stars and whatnot. It's going to get crazy. But um, this year, uh, my biggest takeaway, I mean, I think everybody's biggest takeaway, maybe two of them is, is Brad sweet with only one win in 28 races. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. And then obviously I think the story of the year is probably Jacob Allen doing what he's been doing. Um, it's been fun to follow him along. Uh, I was there. I, I was, I think like the fourth race or whatever was his first win at Dodge city. And then to be there for the rest of them has been really awesome. Um, but I think Brad sweet winning one race this year and somehow still leading the points is my biggest takeaway so far in this thing. And that one race that he won, I don't know if you remember watching it or watch the highlights, but like, I mean, it wasn't like he ran away with it. I mean, Sheldon was pushing him around the racetrack, so he could easily lost that one and he could be at zero wins right now, but he does have one. Um, but right now, Brad sweet leading the points after three championships in a row, he won like 16 races last year to have one win in the first 28 races is unbelievable to me. 
Yeah, I actually wrote down in my notes here, Jacob Allen has more wins than Brad Sweet, Logan Schuhart, and Donnie Schatz, and he's tied with David Gravel, which is wild to think because Gravel won so quickly out of the gate this year. Uh, what do you see, after having kind of been around this for a couple of years and, and talking about Jacob Allen, what is different with him this year? Like, he seems like a completely different guy behind the wheel. Man, I, I don't know. Because um, I have want to say that he's just like in a situation where he's just like, doesn't doesn't care what everybody says anymore, but I feel like he was already there. Like he was already not worried about what other people thought about him. And I think that, you know, Brian Brown put up a, a tweet a couple of weeks or a couple months ago saying that, you know, Jacob was done. Like he was ready to call it quits. And we've heard every year that I've been here, uh, there's been a rumor that Jacob's not, you know, going to finish the season out. And um, I don't know what is gotten into him what's changed if his you know his girlfriend's changed him if he's working out if he's doing whatever but something has changed and i think that um you know we haven't really seen him like quit races recently usually like you know three years ago like if he's running 19th he gets lapped like he's pulling in right i've only seen him do that twice maybe three times all year and the one of them we i think he blew up or something but um something has gotten into him and he is like a contender it seems like Every other night, I mean, he was good a few nights ago at Beaver Dam. Um, and I put out something, or I, I don't know if it was on the on my pre-race show or something one night that, like, it was, like, nine tracks that we've been to so far this year. He had, like, a career best finish. Like, it's just, like, he's doing something different. I don't know if maybe that Jack Eckerd guy that is, is the crew chief, I don't know if he's figured something out with the car, uh, but – completely different guy compared to what I've seen the last couple of years. I mean, you remember back to that went to Dodge city. I mean, that track is, is not really known for two lanes and crazy sliders and whatever. It's kind of just hammer it through the middle. And, you know, that's the race that we would think Jacob Allen could win. But I mean, when he won at Lincoln this year, he, he had to earn that one. That was driving by people. Yeah. That was not a gift. I mean, he earned that one and that turned a lot of heads. And then at Williams Grove, I mean, he was, Lead like like all was he leading? Yeah, he was leading and ran out of gas. I yeah, mean, ran out of fuel. I mean, it's just it, it's been fun to watch, and I think he's probably the story of the year in sprint car racing right now. Uh, Brad is a guy, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, leading the points, one win. I, I would have thought after the season we saw last year from Brad that we would have seen him come out this year and just win a bunch of races. And I feel like that that's when you kind of talk to Brad and you're around Brad, I feel like that's like the one thing maybe he knows he's missing is he hasn't had that one season where he won 20, 25 races. And I feel like he's probably still driven to do that. But this year it, you know, obviously one win still leading the points. The consistency is just what continues to carry him through all of this. And and to think that we could have Brad win a championship with, you know, obviously he's not going to go the whole season. I mean, he can't go the whole season with just one win, but maybe just a handful of wins and still win the championship. That's got to be somewhat frightening for the rest of the competition. I feel like where, where do you kind of think about that stuff? I talk about that all the time. I mean, once they figure out what's going on with the car or what's going on with, I don't know if it's Brad or the car or whatever it is. Um, and he's already, I want to say 50 some points ahead of these guys. I've said it a few times that once they get that figured out, and if nobody can catch him in this point in time, like if he's not winning 12 races by now and he's only got one win and everybody is still 50 points behind, that scares me for when those guys figure out what's the, the issue right now. Because once they do figure it out, it could be an absolute blowout. And I think things would be a whole lot different right now if Carson didn't get DQ'd at Williams Grove. I think that I think he would be in the point lead right now. And we'd be probably not even talking about this right now, but um 
uh, it's, just, it's just crazy to me that he still has that decent of a gap between the second place guard. And he really hasn't, I mean, he's been good, right? Like he's been consistent, but he hasn't been like, like really, really good. Like, holy cow, this guy's insane. Yeah. Like you almost have any, like, it's almost like you're not even talking about him right now. Like it's, he's not even out there. It's like, he's just kind of rolling along, getting his top fives, getting his top tens. And, but you're just like, there's other people you're talking about while he's racking up all these good finishes. Right. I mean, right now, like what we're seeing out of Sheldon is what I, what I feel like we usually see out of Brad, right? Like Sheldon's got seven wins and, you know, the first 28 races. And that's usually what Brad is. I want to say last year, Brad had like eight wins in the first 16 races or something. And I had like a four in a row streak or something at one point. And I mean, he wasn't even a factor at Beaver Dam. That's, and that's like a track, like if he doesn't win in Wisconsin, I mean, there's something wrong. I mean, Beaver Dam, Cedar Lake, Wilmot, all those tracks are, you know, his bread and butter. He's won at all of them. He's won. In, I mean, he swept a couple of years ago at Beaver Dam. He swept a couple of years ago at Cedar Lake. Um, if he can't win there, then there's definitely something wrong with the car or him. I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, right now they're just, they're just not really on their game. You brought up Sheldon there and Sheldon is a guy that I've talked about a few times on my own daily show, just because there's such like a duality with him. He's either like knocking the fence down, winning races, or he's crashing and finishing 15th. And I, it's that kind of back and forth that obviously makes him really, really fun to watch because you never know what you're going to get out of him. But in terms of him, like winning a championship, like, do, do you see him like calming down at all? Do we think that he could get to the point where he's going to be consistent enough? I mean, I, he's second in the points right now, but he's done that because he's won five of the last nine races. But, you know, can he rack up top tens like Gravel does, like Macedo does, like Sweet does, do you think? I think he can. It's just I he doesn't settle for seventh place. You know, he's not going to just ride around. He, he's going to try and win every race, right? And what he does right now is what sells t-shirts. And that's a big market for those, for Sheldon and Zan and all those people. Like they, like they sell a ton of t-shirts and what he does right now is sells t-shirts every night, whether it's at Beaver Dam or whether it's at Knoxville, whether it's at Tulare, it doesn't matter where it's at. He's always exciting to watch. You can't take your eyes off him because you don't know what he's going to do next. And obviously that gets him into trouble sometimes. But I mean, his dad was on the outlaw tour for how many years and, and never won a championship with the outlaws and won how many races, right? I mean, I don't know if they're related, right? I mean, father and it'd be the same, same story here. Um, I think it would be really cool to see him win a championship after Jack was not ever able to, you know, accomplish that either. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a, a few other drivers I want to talk about, obviously I want to talk about gravel. He started out so hot uh, and, and people were immediately talking about gravel winning the championship and, and he's like really cooled off. He's still getting some decent finishes, but hasn't really had that pace that he had early in the year. And then Macedo, obviously getting that penalty at Williams Grove has kind of changed at least this early part of the season for those guys. I'm, I'm with you. I think they're at very least leading the points. You know, I think right now with, I think they lost 50 something points that night. They would obviously at the very least be second, but uh, where do you see those two guys? And Macedo, especially because I feel like Macedo is a guy that can win the championship and I think he can win the championship this year. I have questions about even gravel's consistency. And I feel like we have enough years now seeing gravel that I wonder about his ability to win the championship. We know he can win a ton of races, but can he also do those things? I'm curious about what you think about those two guys. I think Carson can definitely win the championship. Um, I think he is not in the same um, realm of, of Sheldon with the wrecking trying to win or whatever. Like Carson, no, like Carson wants to win a championship. Like he's one of the guys on the outlaw tour that I have, I would say are, are pretty, I'm pretty good friends with him. I would think. 
Um, and I, and he tells me all the time, like, man, that's, that's all I want to do is, is win a championship. And he, it, that's on the back of his mind all the time. And we were trying to talk to him after the Williams Grove DQ, tried to get an interview for him for social media. And he was just like, man, I just, I really don't want to talk to you right now. And I was like, that's totally cool. Cause I think he realized that, I mean, how close he was to taking the point lead and then for it to just vanish and go from second in points to fourth in points was just a huge blow to him. Um, and I, I felt bad for him. I really did. Uh, and then on the, on the deal with, with David, um, I think he's, he can be as consistent as Carson and Brad and all that. But, and at the beginning of the year, I, I was talking to a few people and I said that the two car is the best car in the country. And then recently, I don't know what's really happened with them. He was on the podium on Friday night and I could not remember the last time he had been on the podium. I don't know if you have that pulled up or something, but I mean, it's been a long time prior to Friday since David Gravel was on the podium. Uh, Those guys just haven't really been, Hitting on all cylinders, I don't know. They just the last month or two, I feel like they just haven't really been that good. Um, but out of those two, I think Carson is the biggest threat for the championship with Brad right now. Yeah, looking at Brad or looking at Gravel stats, the last time he was on the podium was at Lake Ozark, April 9th. Uh, yeah. and then before that, it had been a couple of races back that he'd won at Paris. So, but yeah, I mean, you're talking a span of at least 15 races there in between podiums. That's a lot. Uh, James McFadden is a guy that I thought we would see more out of this year. And I'm, I, I don't know if anything is different now that it's sort of Roth. You know, I would assume everything is basically still the same in terms of their cars, engines, you know, package and stuff, you know, Justin Adams, still crew chief there. Uh, but do you see anything crazy there with James? Like, what do you think about his season so far? I feel like we see him crash a lot. and I don't understand. Yeah, he has been crashing a lot, I feel like, too. And um, I feel like he's very good when it comes to the feature. Like, every night he's coming forward. But obviously, you hear all these guys talk about all the time that qualifying is such a big deal with this series because, I mean, you you qualify good, you're going to be up front for the heat race, and then you're going to be in the dash. James, he's said it multiple times that qualifying has been, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, the, the thorn in his side or whatever they say that saying is, but he cannot seem to qualify. And then he gets himself in the back and then he gets wrecked, you know? Um, and there, I mean, there's been a couple of times this year where he started and like, it's weird to say, but like he started in 22nd place on multiple occasions this year and ran it into the top five or like seventh or eighth, like got in the hard charger. When, when it comes to feature time, I think he is consistently one of the best cars, just not up front to, take advantage of that he's always coming from behind and so i think he has the ability i can't believe he hasn't won a race yet that's a big surprise to me um but when you can't qualify you can't start up front it's hard to obviously win these outlaw races uh starting from 12th or 18th or whatever it is so once he gets his qualifying going i think he's going to be a threat more often than not uh, these four big days, obviously coming up at Husets, um, you know, we've got a makeup feature or, or a makeup program to do, and then we're going to kind of do some crazy format stuff with some inverts. Uh, what do you kind of like, what do you have in your notes for the next couple of days? What are things you're going to be kind of keeping an eye on? And, and do you think anybody can separate themselves this weekend uh, over these couple of nights? Um, you know, I was, we were just talking about how gravel hadn't been on the podium in a while and he hasn't been extremely good, but at Houston's, I mean, he won there, I think three times last year, two, I didn't want to say two outlaw races and he won a, a local show there, but I think he, obviously it's a big weekend for him. Uh, obviously with the, you know, title sponsor on his car and whatnot. Um, uh, I think that he could potentially separate himself. Uh, Carson, I think could definitely do it as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of maybe 
somebody else. And, you know, a guy I thought you were going to mention him. Uh, Baston has been, in my opinion, like the most consistent guy on the tour, but he's not getting those top threes. He's more like a sixth or seventh place guy, fifth, sixth, seventh, maybe. Um, I think that he could definitely be a threat uh, come Saturday night here for a hundred thousand to win. So he's ran there and, you know, good with the all-stars in the past before as well. So I think uh, between, you know, gravel and based those are, I think right now, in my opinion, I think based is the best car in the country, maybe besides Sheldon right now. I think it's interesting you say that. I feel like Basin almost gets lost in the mix a little bit just because yeah. we've got these top five guys and points and you talk about Jacob and some of the other things that have happened this season that you've almost forgotten that Basin is like a rookie, but he's running really well. And, and I said that before the season that, you know, I, with what we saw him do last year, that he could have an opportunity to, to really kind of compete for the rookie of the year. And obviously the rookie of the year thing has kind of gone sideways at this point, but we know the five car can do well. We know, you know, we know Barry and, and that CJB squad have always been good, but I feel like Basin almost just gets lost in the mix a little bit. So I'm glad you brought him up there. Yeah. I mean, uh, all year long, there was like, I mean, at the beginning of the year when we were in California, I remember he was, he had led like three races in a row. He was in the lead and then something happened. Like, Bakersfield, like Sheldon, like spun out when he was lapping him and he ran into him. And then he hit the infield tire at Larry or the infield wall and broke something there. And there's another race where he was running second or something and got in a crash. Like, I mean, Basin at this point in time could have had, I think, you know, five or six wins. He's been there. He's been in contention. He's led so many laps. Um, and I think a lot of people weren't expecting them to be as good as they are um, this quickly. I mean, it was like, after Volusia, they, they were not good at Volusia, but after that, like something changed and immediately they were a, a contender. I mean, for them to win at Bristol, uh, I thought that was a big deal. Um, then to hold off Larson doing it, obviously that was, that was pretty awesome too. So uh, Spencer, like, and I feel like he almost has some kind of advantage over maybe these guys that have been doing it for a long time. The guys that have been doing it for a long time, like they're in this mindset, like, oh man, back down the road, blah, 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 doing the same thing over and over. Like this is his first year doing this type of thing. And I still think he's not, he's not burnt out on it yet, right? He's still like motivated to go out there and do the best he can. And he's got some big time sponsor, I guess, going to be released this week. I don't know anything about it, but I was talking to the guy that handles all his marketing stuff. And it sounds like it's some household name or something, a pretty big sponsor coming on that car. And when you have things like that going on in the background, that just makes you even more driven to, to do good. And I think, I think right now, Spencer, like I said, is, is one of the top three cars in the country. When you, uh, how much do you get to pay attention to kind of some of the other stuff? Like, do you get to watch all-stars? Do you get to watch other stuff through, through the course of all of this? Or are you kind of just locked in on outlaw stuff? I try to the best I can, but like sometimes like if we race on like a Saturday or maybe in a Friday when all the other series are racing, like by the time, like we get all of our stuff packed up and sometimes it's a late night, like I just want to like get in the truck and like not do anything. I don't want to watch <laughs> it, but like I try to, cause I feel like that's kind of my job to keep track of all the storylines going on, you know, in the country, whether it's in California or Pennsylvania or at Attica or whatever is going on, you know? So I try to the best I can, you know, All-Stars, USAC, King of the West, um, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's hard, man, when you're, you know, banging around from track to track and uh, it's late nights. Sometimes you don't really want to watch racing when you're driving to the next one. You know, you just want to kind of maybe watch, uh, you know, I'm big into the stock market, so I'll watch some some stock videos or something. <laughs> so, I like uh, did you did you get a chance to, to watch any of this stuff or catch some highlights from last night? Obviously, being a West Coast guy, we've got Skagit and Dirk Cup coming up this week and, and obviously got a really awesome show between Sunshine and, and Corey Day. But it was that one you got a chance to watch? I did watch. Uh, I was watching a little bit of it live and I watched the highlights back today. And I mean, 
that the track was unbelievable. I mean, the the surface was phenomenal. I don't think that we had a surface that good when we were there for three nights last year. And obviously, Peter Murphy is doing a good job up there, making sure everything's going sw- or going good. I'm ex- now I'm excited to get to Skagit for three days. Was three days? I think it's three days um, this year because the track last night was about as good as you can get. And man, I'll tell you what, Corey Day um, sounds like I think after this weekend is that right? After this weekend, he's coming out here. Tonight, he's coming to run Knoxville, and I think he's going to run a couple of our races around that area as well. So Corey Day, man, I, I am excited. I've been talking about him for a long time. Uh, I think that he is going to really turn some heads here uh, soon, and I'm excited to see him kind of get out of his comfort zone of California and see how he does out here in the Midwest. Uh, have there been any uh, lobbying of, of Carlton or Hess this week to allow Ryan Timms to run uh, at Houston's this week? I, I'm sure Johnny is, uh, is one that would be uh, excited to see Timms run this week as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't really know all the details. I know that it happened, right? I mean, <laughs> happened as much as everybody else wants it to. And I mean, I, I'd like to see it happen, right? But the insurance is just not going to let that go over, you know? So um, Ryan Tim's, uh, you know, I think his first race is River Cities the next time in August. So we'll see how he does there. He's, he's uh, definitely not afraid to, uh, you know, talk a little smack or whatever on Twitter you know, putting up that picture with the outlaw trailer or whatever. So we'll see how he does when uh, he actually, you know, when the big boys are in town and, and he goes out there for the first time. Yeah. I love it. Well, I will let you go. Uh, I, I do want to ask you, I'm going to pin you down. Who wins the outlaw championship this year? Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Carson. I think Carson does it. He's going to, he's going to do it. I like it. Uh, Chase Rodman. Uh, thanks for the time today. Uh, have good broadcasts at, uh, at, at uh, Houston's this weekend. And thanks for the time. All right. Thanks, Justin.